Welcome to Couple of Idgets. This is your day-by-day, episode-by-episode podcast where we cover the television show Supernatural. I am your host along with... I am your host, Dan. <laughs> Man, I'm never going to get this opening right. I'm your host, Dan, along with... His wife, Penny. Hello. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good. So, Hell House is the name of this episode. Yes, and it wasn't as, because of the fact that we're starting to learn Sam and Dean's personalities, um, it wasn't as funny as I originally remembered this episode to be, because they do start throwing in some kind of humorous episodes here and there. So you thought this was one of the comedy episodes? Well, I thought it was, I mean, it was kind of funny, but not as funny as I remembered it. Okay. Well, that's good, because I didn't find it all that funny. I mean, yeah, there were some funny spots, but... Right, right. It wasn't laugh a minute. No, it wasn't. Not at all. So, do we want to get into it? Sure. All right. A group of teenagers um, visit a reputedly haunted house. Uh, They're down in Richardson, Texas, by the way. And they're just kind of creeping each other out. Just looks like a group of kids. And then they run across a girl that's hung herself. Right, they uh, go down in the basement and um, they tell a story of the person that allegedly killed all his daughters. Well, at this point we don't hear the story, sorry about that. Uh, but anyway, yes, yeah, so they're down in the basement and all of a sudden they see this girl hanging and they run out of there scared out of their minds. And that's a cut to commercial. It's like a really quick first commercial break. Yes, it was. And then we open up after commercial, after Dan has once again bundled his car in auto. Uh, car is auto. Home in auto. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I'm screwing up today, too. It's like I'm not able to speak English. But anyway, it's the ne- uh, next day, it looks like, and the police are at the house, but nobody. Right. So it says here that Sam and Dean showed up two months later. I thought it was pretty soon after. I didn't think that the episode really went into how long it had been before they looked into this. To me, it wasn't clear how long it had been from the time that they found that dead girl hanging to to this. But also, Sam and Dean have started pranking each other, too, at the beginning of this episode. Yes. Do you remember what the first prank was? Yes, Sam was sleeping, so Dean stuck a plastic spoon in his mouth and took a picture of it and then cranked the radio up really loud to wake him up. So, one thing, I hate being screwed with them when I'm sleeping. (laughs) It is my pet peeve, and I'll wake up really angry. Yes, I know. This I know. It's not funny, I don't think. I try not to screw with other people when they're sleeping. Oh, me either, because to me, sleeping is sacred. Yeah, just leave them alone. So they go and they track down this Craig Thurston guy because they want to know kind of the backstory of what happened. And they pull into this diner. They figure, well, we'll go find these kids. Hey, where do all the kids hang out? And they're just at some, like, drive-in sort of looking thing. And they start getting the story of what happened that night. And all three people tell a different story. (laughs) One's like, they say that the girl had black hair, then blonde hair, then red hair. She was alive, then dead, then kicking. Like, nobody's (laughs) facts were all lining up. 
Right. This, you know, total typical eyewitness account. Everyone has their own version of what they think happened. Yeah, they know that it's this Murdoch farm and uh, someone lived there, killed their daughters. Because this ghost seems to only go after women. So that's why there's that legend that he had killed his daughters. Yeah, but even now, though, Sam and Dean, they're kind of like just thinking of skipping town. They don't, they don't think any of this is legit. They just think it's a bunch of screwball kids. Right, right. So they go visit the house, and right away, there is tons of symbols painted all over the place. It looks like a demonic house, for sure. Yes, it does. Uh, they do. Sam somehow can tell that the, uh, it's freshly painted. It's not blood. Um, they search for the house, and they run into Ed and Harry, <laughs> who are paranormal investigators of their own. Yes, the typical, like you think of, uh, paranormal investigators with the infrared cameras or the night vision and all that fun stuff. Yeah, they had night vision cameras. They also had EMF meters. Did you notice what their EMF meters also had? No, I did not. I'm sorry. A plastic case. Oh, right. <laughs> okay, so these guys value their electronic gadgets more than Sam and Dean. They actually had a plastic case around their EMF meters. I was really glad to see that. I'm glad you, you saw that, too. <laughs> so they run a website called Hellhound's Lair. And if you go on to... Um, archive.org and use their internet wayback machine you can go back and see that website really it was a real website yep. they created for the show yeah yeah unfortunately the producers of the show set up the website it wasn't like a real website that right they on but right. they did set up a fake website for people to go on while they're watching the show presumably well, that's cool and it was up for quite a while now it just forwards to cwtv.com right well that's cool uh well it was like two 2005 so i think a lot of tv shows and movies were doing little tie-ins like that with that new and interesting internets all the kids are into uh they go in they can't find any evidence though to support this legend of mordecai mordock so yeah sam goes to the local library to find if there's any information on if there were possible deaths or suicides or murders at that house and he wasn't able to find anything uh, as a matter of fact, he said there wasn't a Mordecai Murdoch. I forget the name of the person that did live there. And he didn't have four daughters. He had two sons. So the original story was total bunk as to who this ghost was. Well, they're preparing to leave, and they find out, find out that a girl did actually hang in that house the night before. Right, because of the fact that that website was becoming popular, more kids go in there. It was kind of a truth or dare situation. The girl was supposed to go down to the basement, grab a jar from the basement, and take it back out, but she didn't make it out because she got strung up by the ghost. Yeah, so Sam and Dean, they go, uh, they do this research, they go back to the house, they run into Ed and Harry yet again, and now they are truly dre dressed up like Ghostbusters. Yeah, they really are. They've <laughs> got a, like a tan union suit on, they got their night vision goggles on their heads. Well, as a matter of fact, Sam and Dean were sitting outside the house because um, the police were there keeping an eye on it because the local sheriff, I'm sure, did not want any more people to go in there, any more people to die. So when, when Dean sees them, he just yells out, who are you going to call? Yep. Which draws the police attention. To, to the other guys, and they chase them, and Sam and Dean are able to get in the house undetected. Yeah, they get into the house, they run into the spirit of Mordecai again, who chases them from the house. It 
they try to shoot him with rock salt. Now, here's one thing that I, I he's got a double barrel shotgun and he fired off those two shots of rock salt pretty quick. I was waiting for him to turn around and have a third shot and I was going to be like, hey, wait. But he did only shoot twice with that rock right, salt shotgun. Right, right, right. Uh, sometimes you see that in movies. You're like, how did that guy just shoot like 30 times without ever reloading? <laughs> uh, no, they didn't. They didn't do that. Uh, they, but they run outside and there Ed and Harry have somehow outwitted the cops, ran around. Uh, Ed and Harry then see the ghost in the doorway and run into Sam and Dean. And so now they've actually seen a real ghost. Yes, this is the first time they've actually seen a real ghost. And they're scared, very scared. Yeah. Uh, Mordecai's spirit appeared to have slits on the wrist, which was previously not a part of that legend. And so Ed and Harry, they go back to their, we find out that they live in a trailer. <laughs> or one of them lives in a trailer. Right. And also uh, regarding Mordecai, not only that, but now he's wielding an axe. Yeah, yeah, he's changed up. Well, we go back to the Hellhounds Lair website, and they've updated the legend. Yes, every time someone adds to it, it seems like the legend changes. Uh, what Sam Dean kind of compared it to the game of telephone, whereas you whisper something, by the time it gets back to you, it's totally not what you said. And so that's what's going on with this website, and therefore somehow this ghost is able to change also. Another detail that we've skipped over so far is that one of the symbols in this house, it looks like three exclam exclamation marks, kind of at 90 degree, or zero degrees, 90 degrees, 180 degrees, and then a question mark upside down at 270 degrees with the dot in the middle, like shared amongst all of them. And Dean has said a couple of times, like, man, I know this symbol. I know this symbol. And he's like, oh, I know where that symbol's at. It's off the back of a Blue Oyster cult record. So they go visit their buddy Craig, who works at the record store. Yes, they go and confront him about what's really going on with this story of the house. Yeah, because uh, Dean pulls out a Blue Oyster Cult album, points to the back of it, and he's like, hey, this is a symbol in the house. This is here. What do you know, sir? <laughs> like nobody else in town has a Blue Oyster Cult album, but well, all this right. Was, this was, a, you know, a old record, well, I don't say old record store, but... Looked like they had a lot of classic music there. Actual albums and stuff like that. Yep. Well, th so they, uh, he quickly admits, Craig quickly admits that him and his cousin, they went in, painted the symbols, and basically spread the rumor about Mordecai as a prank. Yeah, and the reason that they did not find a body when the first kid saw that girl hanging is because it was his cousin and they were faking it. Just to kind of scare people and make the legend seem even more real. Yeah. Yeah. Sam figures out that Mordecai is what's called a tulpa. It's a manifestation of thought. Have you heard of this before? Only from this episode. Oh. <laughs> but before this, no, I had never heard of a tulpa. But there are a lot of uh, urban legends that they fight throughout the series that I've never heard of before until I saw it on here. Well, actually... Uh, the whole Tulpa thing, there used to be an old series of movies that were uh, based on this monster called the Gullum. So 
I don't know, they stacked up a bunch of mud, made it look like a person preyed on it, and then brought it to life. And that was like a huge series of movies. A lot of those movies are lost to history, but like the whole Gollum and like manifesting a creature to appear. I've heard of that before. Yes, and I've heard. That's a Jewish legend, um, the Gollum. Yep. Yeah, it sounds like the exact same thing, pretty much. Pretty much, but I was researching Telpa after we watched this episode, and according to legend or whatever, the Tulpa, you don't have to build anything. Like the Gullum, they did stack clay and, and it came to life, whatever. This is just purely a thought. Oh, okay. Well, one of the symbols painted in that house is, the, is a Tibetan spirit sigil, which can assist in concentrating mental energy. So the thought is that, hey, they put out this fake information. They put up what they thought were a bunch of fake symbols, but come to find out they actually did some supernatural voodoo on the house and they have like created a psychic magnifying glass to bring this thing to life um the problem with that then it's it's a totally new thing it it's not a spirit or anything that can be fought with rock salt or any of their traditional means of dispatching evil like they've done up until now right they can't find this mordecai's body and salt and burn the bones so they're like ah crap we got to figure out a way to to deal with this thing well even if they found the bones and salted it it isn't his spirit that's haunting it it's a whole new thing right what i'm saying is if this had been a traditional ghost oh yeah that's yeah, what yeah, they yeah. could have but you're right because this was not a traditional ghost that wouldn't have done any good hmm that is curious i'm i'm, I'm kind of curious why the writers didn't have us find his grave and have him do that whole salting and burning only to have it come back and then to discover maybe they just didn't have enough time to work that in but kind of surprised they didn't do that think you know 20 minutes into the episode well that's solved and then get called back they do that in some episodes uh, yeah in the future um and they kind of with that route 666 when they burned the the body after they pulled the truck out of the swamp they thought burning the body was going to stop the truck but it didn't the truck came back so it's kind of like the truck was haunted too so yeah that one was kind of like oh this should take care of it oops didn't <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of shocked that they didn't do that. Well, maybe they already did that once recently, so they didn't want to redo it. So in order to kill off the Malachi, or in order to kill off the Tolpa in the shape of Mor Mordecai, <laughs> uh, they tell the boy, they tell Ed and Harry that, hey, we found out how to kill this thing. Shoot it with iron rounds. And so they uh, send, so they figure Ed and Harry are going to go back to their trailer update the website that'll be now its weakness and then it'd be pretty easy to go back and shoot them the next day this right. plan doesn't go so well does it no it does not they get in there and they run into ed and harry again um they were sh oh first they were shooting rounds at it i can't remember i'm let me look at my notes you, you keep talking well they assume that the boys will post it on the website that day and they'd be have enough time later that evening for it to become real so Sam and Dean return to the house to finish it off. Ed and Harry are there yet again. And they do shoot at it, but nothing happens. And they ask the boys, like, hey, you updated the website, right? They're like, yeah, but it was so popular, it crashed our server. So, so nobody got to read it, pretty much. Therefore, yeah, no one got to, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> no one read it or was able to concentrate their thoughts into how this could kill the, the Tulpa. And Sam and you're like, oh, crap, we're screwed. <laughs> now, this is the actually the part of the episode that I really like. I'll uh, explain just a little bit more in a second. 
So as Mordecai is attacking them, Dean sets the house on fire. His logic is uh, the Mordecai haunts the house. If there's no house, he's got nothing to haunt. And if there's nothing for anyone to go visit, they're not going to get haunted. So kind of no house, no story. Right. And the thought with the Mordecai, with the Talpa anyway, the original story was that the ghost could not leave the house. And Sam was kind of worried, well, what about in the future if the ghost can't or the Talpa can leave the house? And he comes back. And that's when Dean explains, hey, no house, no ghost. Kids aren't going to come in here and look for anything, so we're good. See, I like this uh, logic because this is kind of like when you play D&D and you just figure out a cheat around a whole problem. <laughs> I feel like Dean just cheated around the whole situation by just eliminating the house. Right. He said it was quick and dirty, but it did work. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the end of that. We watched the house burn down. Mordecai won't exist anymore, we're assuming. We're you know, that logic seems solid to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have used it on a D&D campaign if that was the situation. <laughs> Sam and Dean, uh, they, you see them uh, saying goodbye to Ed and Harry. Luckily for Ed and Harry, they were contacted by a famous Hollywood producer. They wanted to give them, um, get some rights on their story on the whole thing, and then possibly even giving them uh, some writer credits, you know, some... Some good down-the-road cash, and so they're off to La La Land, and they're all excited. They got all their crap packed up, and you see them driving away. Then we quickly find out that, actually, it was uh, Sam did phoned in the call as the Hollywood producer, and they... Uh, they fell for it. Yeah, and Sam, Sam called, yeah, fell for it. Dean reveals that he threw a fish in their back seat. <laughs> they giggle and laugh, and they're like, okay, our prank war is over now. We missed some other prank war stuff yes, here. We Let's, we'll, we'll go back. We did. Well, the next prank, uh, no, Sam got Dean back. Now, wait, first. wait, wait. I don't want to confuse the listeners. That's the end of the episode. Right, that is the end of the but episode. But we skipped over the other pranks. Let's, yes. let's, let's talk about the other pranks. Then. Okay. The first prank, as we said, um, Sam was sleeping. A plastic spoon took a picture of him and woke him up. And the second one, I'm sorry, my voice is going. Can you continue? I don't know what the second one was. <coughs> the second one was, how did, Sa oh, yeah, yeah. Sam went in the car and turned on the radio really loud on this crappy station and turned on the windshield wipers and everything. So when Dean went in to start the car, this music was blaring and the, you know, the windshield wipers were going off and, so that was Sam escalating to Dean. Then to try to get Sam back, Dean puts itching powder in his underwear. Not funny. Then for Sam to get Dean back, he super glued, <laughs> put some super glue on a beer bottle. And so Dean's hand was super glued to this bottle of beer. And those was the pranks. Yeah, um, pretty crappy pranks, actually. But something you figure brothers would probably do to each other. I don't know. Yeah, that whole turning up the stereo and all the knobs on. I had friends in high school do that constantly. That was like the number one prank, I think. Right. You'd hop into someone else's car. They'd hop into yours. And before you started it, if you weren't paying attention, they'd turn everything on <laughs> and scare the hell out of you. I've never had anything super glued to me as a joke. No, that neither have I. pretty awful. Well, yes, because... Dean made mention the next day we were back at the house that he didn't—he hardly had any skin left on his palm. 
And Sam comments, I'm not going to touch that line with a 10-foot pole. Yeah, I've had a lot of super glue on my fingers. And people say nail, a fingernail polish remover. That really doesn't do anything. It, you've actually got to sand it off of your skin. <laughs> yes, you, you really do. want it off. Yes, you do. Um, okay, so kind of my same question I ask every episode is this something that could happen? Could a whole bunch of people think about one topic or one story and manifest something out of it? I personally do not believe so. Especially, you know, like I said, I was looking up tulpas after we finished watching this episode. Um, maybe, we should, maybe we should try to bring one to life. Just think of something, you know, men, not... Benevolent, yeah, something benevolent, not malevolent. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, this is the kind of the one supernatural thing that I believe in. Um, I mean, that's what Indian rain dances were about. That's what large church prayer is about. It's everyone focusing their mind, energy, and attention on one topic and then ho- helping it come to fruition. This is this is one of the things I dig. Well, <clears throat> that's one thing to like mass prayers and everything for someone to get better, but it's another thing to actually create a creature no out that's of that's a bit of ex- no that's not gonna happen <laughs> right and that's what when i was reading what a tulpa actually is that when it eventually it starts thinking on its own and doing all this stuff on its own so yes there is just no way that even if you have a bazillion people thinking no, of it it's no. not going to bring it to life but a lot lighter um version of that and the one evidence that i have in this that uh is proof or verifiable i should say that i I really think that this is something that could exist the uh, one year anniversary of 9-11 the new york pick three lotteries numbers were 911 that's unbelievable because you know everyone in the country everyone in new york especially was thinking of 9-11 that day and for those numbers to pop up on the lottery i just think i'm pretty sure group thought could have made that i i believe that they might have manifested that well and not only did you have the entire country but you know the whole world was up i don't want to say the word upset they're more than upset but because of what happened they're uh, mortified because of what happened so it's probably the entire world thinking about 9-11 but you're right specifically america and new york there's a couple of other internet projects that happen where they kind of monitor all the news feeds all websites all servers and then if Things that don't seem random start happening more often. Like all of a sudden there's a spike in the number five or there's just some sort of weird spike. Then it seems like a little bit later, uh, the next day or so, something massive happens in the world. And it's kind of this, how does everything become in sync right before a jetliner goes down or something? There's there's some other weird weirdnesses with how future and past can uh, influence each other. I have never heard of that, but that's it. that is interesting. Yeah, you should check it out. I mean, it's all the quantum entanglement and junk like that's involved. I don't know. That's all for a much bigger topic that I am not scientifically... <laughs> Nor am I. <laughs> ...lined up on. All I do know is that, yeah, there's these projects that kind of uh, pay attention to the world at large, and when they see things not as random as they should be, then uncommon situations occur as well. Uh anything else i mean prank wars you have a sister you and her ever engage in prank wars no we didn't or your brother no not that i remember 
No, I'm, I'm well, an only child. Luckily, I never had to deal with that bull crap. Uh, in college, it was pretty bad. But, I mean, it was pretty horrible hazing on all sides at that point. That's just what you do. Um, yeah, my sister and I, we never really got into that sort of thing. But, yeah, I mean, if I if I had a good friend and... You know, this is, I guess, in this episode, it escalated. But, like, if I had a good friend and I sat down and, like, grabbed a bottle of beer and then all of a sudden it was super glued to my hand, I just wouldn't hang out with that person again. I'd be <laughs> like, well, I don't want that to ever happen again, so fuck off. True, but, you know, kind of Sam and Dean don't really have a choice but to hang out with each other. Yeah, not a fan. <laughs> but, not, yeah, that was pretty cruel. Not a fan. <laughs> is there anything else? Now that we both got a cough, I think we got <laughs> corona or something. God, I hope not. <laughs> uh, no, anything that's... else in this? I mean, satanic symbols. Oh, yeah. Here's a, can it really happen? Can drawing a specific symbol in a room make it evil? I believe it can draw an evil spirit, yes. All right. Give it a little calling card. Yes. Uh, hello, friendly faces here sort of thing. <laughs> kind of an invitation, if you will. Um, kind of those old hobo symbols that they used to put up, you know, good family, right. cheaters live here. Right. Uh, you can do th- one of those out for spirits. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Um, ooh, one other small little detail, yes. uh, a bit of a foreshadowing. The album that Dean first looks at when he's at the record shop is a Kansas album. Now we know that Kansas starts becoming a pretty big deal in this episode in this series. Well, it kind of the state has because they're from Lawrence, Kansas. That's where they're from. Yeah, but we know that "Carry On My Wayward Son" turns into kind of their unofficial theme song. They yes, don't it play does. it every episode or anything, but it's kind of famous for it. It is technically yes, their unofficial theme song. Well, that wasn't the right record because that record that he pulled out does not have "Carry On My Wayward Son" on it. <laughs> so he, he pulled it out. Nope, wrong one. Well, it's quite a few seasons before they actually start using it, so I'm sure that was not even on their mind. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay attention to see if uh, Dean ever lifts up and finds the right record. Because that'd be <laughs> f- pretty funny. If he finds the right record, then the next episode plays the song or something like that. I'm going to keep my eye out for that. But as soon as he pulled it up, like, ooh, Kansas! <laughs> did you notice that? No, not until you pointed it out. I did not notice that at all. Those bands in the 70s had the best album covers. They were covered with crap, but it was, you know, it was meant for kids to get stoned and then stare at it and try to figure out what all the junk meant. Right. You ever, like, sat down and looked at the Sgt. Pepper's album? No, I haven't. That thing is a trip, man. You get done looking at that thing, and then you wonder if uh, Paul McCartney really got replaced or not. Okay. It'll freak you out. By a tulpa? <laughs> Shapeshifter? What are we talking here? No, he got replaced with this guy that won a look-alike, sound-alike contest. I he see. He was a Canadian. He's who he got swapped out for. I see. Okay. I did not know that. Do hmm. they ever touch on his Paul McCartney, the real Paul McCartney and Supernatural? No, they do not. Oh, man. They never, no. they never get into the legends I care about. <laughs> They've got bigger fish to fry, believe you me. <laughs> Oh, let's see. I'm just kind of skimming through to see if there's anything else that we missed. And it doesn't really seem like it. You know, haunted houses, I assume you believe that a house could be haunted with evil spirits. Yes, I do. But other than that, no, there wasn't anything 
really remarkable about this episode, except for the fact that, yeah, Dan Dan, Dean cheated by burning the house down. So we have that. Yeah, I I, I totally would have cheated myself if that was a D&D campaign. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for this episode then. Um, next episode is episode 18, and it's entitled Something Wicked This Way Comes, and it's in Fitchburg, Wisconsin, which is not too far hey, from where I we live. I know live. that place. Yes. We used to drive through Fitchburg every day on the way to work, getting back when we lived in Blue Mounds. Yeah. What a time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a suburb of Madison, in case you're wondering. What a great big pile of bedrooms. Me either. Yes, it does. Have a good day, everyone, and stay out of trouble. Bye. Bye.